What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, May 26th, and you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, Matt Swaski, a.k.a. Southside Zoe, a.k.a. Father Zoe. Uh, with me, as always, is Mr. Aldo Soto. Guys, new debate. Better shortstop in Chicago, Tim Anderson or Christopher Morrell? Don't start. Debate. <laughs> <laughs> and the good Reverend K. Fitz. I apologize. That's my fault. I did send some crack to uh, Aldo and Gale. You <laughs> <laughs> must have gotten it. I think he signed for it. I saw the UPS uh, push notice. So that's my fault. If you're watching us live on Wednesday night, as you should be every week around 8 p.m., not a.m. because that's not going to work, 8 p.m. Central Time, you'll notice we definitely have fourth member of the show tonight. The show, as usual, got more handsome as soon as we bring in a guest, but we have the VP of Wu-Tang Financial. <laughs> Bumper Chair Scott is in the house with us today. If you don't know him, you're messing up, and he is a NFL and NBA credential media personality. He's the host of a show that I've actually come to really, really like. I'm going to talk to you about that later, but okay. I'm not going to hold you. He is the one of the founders of Barber Chair Network, and he's half of the podcast, 79th and Halis, but tonight, Halis, he t- but tonight he's going to be talking baseball with us. Again, if you're not following him on Twitter, I don't know what you're doing. Follow him at Barb Chair Scott. Scott, welcome to Pinwheels and Ivy Pod. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very happy to be on the show with y'all, man. I was looking forward to being invited on here, man. Of course, we had you on our, on our playoff preview episode last year, so it was it's good to be here with you guys to talk a little little baseball, man. So hopefully the Sox can pull one out tonight. Yes, sir. I'm, I really, really hope we're doing playoff preview shows again this year. I, I hope it. so too. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a we got a great show. Uh, Scott's been you know gracious enough with his time tonight. This is the first show we've done since the New York series, the the battle in the Bronx, if you will. So we're going to touch base on that because I'm sure you all know we all definitely have opinions, and we're going to touch base on that. We're going to talk about uh, White Sox, what's going on with them, a little momentum, and then that momentum came to a screen halt. Uh, talk about MLB trade rumors as you know we're not really in the middle of the season yet but it's it's gonna come up quicker than you think uh Cubs got a little momentum going on themselves you know we got a little crosstown cup actually no one cares about that shit uh and (laughs) and much much more but uh as always let's tap this cat free build of the favorites we here for the latest south side or the north side not tuned to the greatest home team for the home teams both sides got our own rings on the mound or the long Ball, but we don't put the wrong strings, yeah. <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood, discussions and interviews, great rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife, yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season make it all change. Take me out to the bar, This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season make it all change. Uh, this show is brought to you by Sports Mockery, SportsMockery.com. Make sure you download the app, turn on the push notifications so you and your friends will be the first to know any breaking news, rumors, anything that happens in Chicago sports. You will be the first to know Sports Mockery, SportsMockery.com. And as always, the show is brought to you by us. Make sure you're going, clicking the link. We got full merchandise in the link. You can get the Pinwheels and Ivy, literally anything. They throw that damn logo on whatever you want. Uh, I got a coffee mug, a onesie, a hoodie, a baseball shirt, all that stuff. 
Um, so make sure you're showing some love that way. We've gotten a lot of donations, a lot of support along the way. Uh, Scott, actually, that news article, you guys had some nice donations too. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's been a crazy month, man. I've just finally been able to like chill these last two weeks. <laughs> uh, you know, I was in uh Vegas for the NFL draft, uh, covering that. So yeah, the article you're talking about with the Block Chicago. Yep. Um, shout out to my homie uh, Shakia Taylor. She hooked me up with them. Uh, my guy Mac, who wrote the article. So pretty much what happened was, long story short, this is in our third season covering the Chicago Bears. It's like actual credential media. Uh, it's my first season covering the Los Angeles Clippers out here. So yeah, I, I was at a Clipper game, and you know, I think it was one of those mini blowouts. And Clippers, was up. And I was like, man, let me see what this, what the NFL draft shit is looking like. So you know, we, I was on the NFL communication site, which we finally got approved for. So I was like, let me just fill out for the credentials, see what happens. So I filled out for the credentials, and I didn't hear back till like a month later. And you know, I heard back, and I was like, oh, this is dope. But I just paid my rent. I don't know how the hell I'm gonna get to Vegas. <laughs> now, granted, Vegas from LA is like three hour drive at most, but you still gotta get the hotel. You know, you gotta have spending money when you're down there. It's a three four day event. I didn't know how it was gonna happen. So I went back to sleep. Woke up like an hour later. I was like, you know, I'm fucking. I'm just gonna do a GoFundMe. Like, you know, we'll, we'll see like what happens. So I just set like a just off the top of my head, three thousand dollar goal for it, and we got two thousand dollars. Uh, you know, what I'm saying people within like a week to ten days, like it was That's super awesome. quick. Uh, a lot of people support. And I had people hitting me up. Was like, man, I I donated some on Monday. I get paid on Friday. I'm gonna donate some more. And it was just like That's overwhelming crazy. love to see from the people who are fans of the podcast and stuff we do at Barbershop Network. So that was dope. So I, I did that. And then, um, you know, I was working on, on a Puma commercial out here that I did that for like four or five days. It was like 13 hours days on set. So it's like, I was, I was in LA, but I felt like I was on another planet because whenever <laughs> I would come home, I just had to go to sleep. So it was like, I wasn't able to actually do shit. And then I was in Chicago for two weeks seeing family, uh, there's some stuff. We got an event coming soon. Now, I can't announce now, but I, I just know it's something huge. Clear your schedule for, for August in okay. Chicago. Ooh. Something dope is coming in, in August. So I, I, I finalized that when I was in Chicago. Got to see the fam. Went to the one of the White Sox Yankees games, the Louis Robert walk-off game. Nice. And so nice. I just been really just been able to, you know, just finally like relax over these last two days. So it's just yeah, been crazy. Sounds much. like it, but we'll see. We messed up because I don't know if you know this or not, because he doesn't. He barely ever talks about it. But, I did never even mention. Fitz, Fitz is in <laughs> Vegas. That's Fitz's stomping ground. Oh, straight up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if we would have did this show, a month I was there ago, too. At the I was at the draft too. You would have oh, had a tour oh, guy. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Fitz is Fitz is Vegas. I mean, yeah, I've been to Vegas yeah. like since like my fourth time. Like, so it's like I think like when you live in LA, Vegas is like Disney Disneyland, damn near. Like you just go to like weekend <laughs> and shit. And so like my last two trips to Vegas have been very mature work wise. Like I went in October for the Bears Raiders game, mm -hmm. and that was a very mature trip. It was only the first trip up until this last one that I didn't like black out drunk. Like I was, <laughs> I was in the Mandalay Bay. You know, I was in bed by like twelve. You know what I'm saying? And I was kicking. I drank at the little house of booze on the on the first mm -hmm. floor. Real mature trip, but you know, it, it, it was it was cracking out there for the draft. There's a lot of people down there. For that's, that's the funny. Draft. It's funny you say that too. Like, Vegas is, is, is California's like Disneyland for me. For Vegas, going to California is like you know, it's it's my Disneyland over because <laughs> Disneyland's there, but yeah, <laughs> actually, exactly. Disneyland. Yeah. A better, that's a better break for you to come to this Disneyland because it's a little bit more grown up, yeah, definitely. You ain't got to be around kids all damn day. <laughs>
and you get to play Buffalo slots. Buffalo. Right. <laughs> so, I guess I what I want to start with the show just for you know for people that don't you know don't know you Scott don't know you know what Barber Chair Network is all about. I like to start with our guests telling people where they can find them and talking about their work. Some people do it at the end. I like to do it at the beginning because I feel like people are a little bit more attentive that way. And I want to make sure people go and check out your stuff because, but I, I have thoroughly been enjoying you and your partner's work over there. I I think it's great. And just stories like that about you getting to draft with someone that's been in this blog podcast industry now for about 10 years, Jesus Christ, 10 years. (laughs) Um, It's awesome to me to see that fans are kind of almost migrating more towards the bloggers and the podcasters and the people that put together their own stuff. And I think a lot of it is because of what you guys do is very authentic, very real. And you feel the passion and the fandom in you guys when you do your thing. So uh, why don't you take just a couple minutes and then we'll get into all the baseball stuff, but okay. let people know what Barber Chair Network's all about, where they can find you guys. And then we'll go from there. Well, Barber's Chair Network is, uh, I'm gonna give you the actual press release, not the press no. release, but like the actual mission statement. I wrote it down. Like, like mm-hmm. a month ago, because people was like, well, you got to have a mission statement if you're going to do something. <laughs> so before, before I'll be actually saying, basically, the mission statement for Barbershop Network is basically to provide a space for black creators, you know, uh, you know, minority creators in general for entertainment multimedia space. And long story short, like I used to work at uh, Amazon Studios over here in uh, Santa Monica. I was there for about three years. And I was just like, you know, one thing that I, understood, I, I got while working there, just a lot of people don't have a clue. When it comes to things that need for you know for content and different pieces of media and it's just been like a lot of retreads you'll, you'll notice that everything is like reboots and things that mm-hmm. like nothing is original so i was just like you know i want to make a space and you know we have all these different media networks but you never really see any that's like from a black perspective you know what i'm saying where you know it's it's sponsored by black people made by black people and you know giving everybody that space but at the same time i didn't want it to be like well you have to be like you have to be a journalist you had to go to school mm-hmm. things that like i went to college i went to columbia college but i went for like talent management so it's like all this stuff i'm doing right i never went to school to write or anything broadcast and none of that and so pretty much uh it started off when we did seven night the house in 2015 and we were just like, we just want to talk about the Bears because we were just, you know, we ran about them. There's something that me and my brother would connect about when I moved from Chicago. And so that was kind of like the launching pad. And in 2018, I was like, yo, I want to do this company. I wanted to have be from a black perspective. So I linked up with my brother and my homie Pierce, who those are my two business partners and my homie Dante, who, uh, so, you know, Dante, he was on a, he's yep. my He Gone podcast. He's the president of the company, and uh, he's actually just started covering the Atlanta Braves. That's a third team we're covering uh, nice. out there in Atlanta. And so it's just like I wanted to have like a podcast network, but like we're working on other stuff. So like we've got probably like every day, like eight to nine podcasts we do weekly. Uh, we've got the Patreon, and I think like the, the number one show on the Patreon is called Summer Sessions. We're like going to do 119 episodes this week, and uh, it's me uh my my friend damien my friend uh jonathan and my my, my brother is basically just our group chat hmm. on audio and video form and that's why it's on patreon because it's shit that you know people need to pay for to hear <laughs> but, i was gonna but, say uh, you can't make that free and right exactly <laughs> can't make that free but it's like our most popular show on there and so like we just started like just start doing podcasts so we got like you know baseball podcasts, basketball football wrestling 
we got a movie TV review show. And so we just kind of build that up from the ground. And now we get in the video. Like I've got my show. I'm not going to hold you that I do weekly. Um, and we've we got other stuff we're working on, too. So long story short, it's a, it's a multimedia company that long term. I want this to be like, you know, eventually we're, you know, maybe even being become an agency or, you know, I want to do documentaries like sports documentaries, kind of like 30, 30s and stuff yeah. like that. So uh, we got a lot of stuff, in the, a lot of stuff in the working, man. So it's it's, it's been fun to do. Jesus, follow up question. Do you sleep? Uh, yes, I actually do. Get my <laughs> I actually do. I actually do get my sleep. Uh, I can sleep through a shootout. Like I always said, if somebody robbed me, I wouldn't know to the next morning. Like it could be like, like I have a story. It's really not funny, but it's funny. My dad's okay now, so I, I guess it is funny. But it was, I was like, uh, before I moved, I think I was like in college or something like that. And my dad, uh, I guess he had to go to the hospital in the middle of the night, like ambulance can to get him everything. Like, my auntie came, everything. Like, it was real, real serious at the time. When I tell you I slept through that whole fucking thing, <laughs> and I woke up at 10 a.m. wondering why the hell the house was empty. And so, you know, and my dad is fine. He's good. So, you know, I can laugh at it now. But the point was like, right. man, they could have robbed me blind. I, I, I wouldn't let me know. So, but, yeah, I sleep, though. It's just one of those things where, like, I enjoy it. So, even though it is work. It doesn't Absolutely. really feel like work uh, either because I just love doing it. I'm working with cool people. And, you know, I can pretty much call my own shots, man. And like how you saying about how, like, they're finally letting people into the, the, the media space, you know, for guys who are just, like, for women too, dudes and women who just, yep. you know, who not journalists and things like that. Like, I got to give a shout-out to the teams and the organizations out there who actually uh, know this now. Yes. I got to give love to Chicago Bears. You know, Chicago Bears might not be the best football team, like, on the field, but All I got to right. give love to the organization. You know what I'm saying? Like they're yep. real accepting of, you know, not just, uh, you know, podcasts, but just like even with being in the black community, like they've reached out to us about what things they can do as far as like get into the communities and in, in Chicago. So I love that. Yep. And I have a good relationship with the team. Like I'm, I'm by coastal for the most mo much. And like I went to OTAs last week and, you know, uh, one of the head of communications, you know, he, you know, he's been the guy who's been, you know, pretty much giving me all the credentials. He's cool. So it's a whole little team. Now I got to get love to the Clippers too. Clippers have been really, really great. They didn't know me from anybody. I just emailed them out the blue. And it was like, yeah, yeah, you can. We're going to do a one game thing to after they saw I was serious about it. I was coming to every game. So yeah. I just pretty much got like a season pass. So it's, I got to give love to, to those teams who, who look out for, you know, the, the podcast space. Yep. I definitely think we're starting to see more teams except the, you know, the podcast blogger. Blogger still got such a negative connotation. Yeah, I hate that we word. Were, yeah, I hate so that I, word. I, I, even just saying it, it felt bad. Yeah. It feels uh, like it's like a word that was used in 2003. Right. right exactly. We're still using like, like uh word or not word. What was it? Uh, blog spot and shit. Yeah. Right. Or I'm on the internet. Like who says yep. internet anymore? Really? Like, <laughs> world just yeah. Worldwide web. It's real uh, AOL disc type word. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And that's, I that's say how I get from it. Yeah. The White Sox were the first organization to give me any kind of credential. Granted it was Sox fast, but they Tell did them to, to answer my emails. Sox, Cubs, Bulls. I got my radar. I'll answer my emails. I would think you'd have the best luck. I think you'd have the best luck with the Sox and the Cubs because I know the Bulls and the Blackhawks are – they still Bulls haven't really very, very, turned that corner. Yeah. 
Yeah, the, the Blackhawks got to get back to it. Yeah, so. Well, when you got in the Blackhawks case, when you got a million and one skeletons in your closet, you don't really. Yeah, I was about to say, like, they, they got bigger yeah. things to deal with. Yeah, and that's why they don't want they don't want guys like me poking around like, ooh, what's that? Oh, okay. Yeah. I will say this though, and my I've never had this problem with the Bears, but there's some security, and I will say this, and this kind of leads it to the Tim Anderson topic a little bit, where there's some security guys at these games who they see guys like me were not in suits, you know, and they're wondering what the hell am I doing this close to LeBron James, and like they get. <laughs> They get real, like, in your face. I remember it was the Clipper-Laker game I covered. And, mind, this had to be, like, the 25th game I did this year. And it was like, oh, let me see a credential. Let me see a credential. Just because LeBron won one up. I'm like, dude, I'm here every every day. Like, every day. They literally were not trying to let me out to some older security guard. I guess he remembered me. He said, nah, he's good. I'm like, dude, I know LeBron is here, but come on, dog. Like, you ain't got to, like, yeah. shoot me off while you shoot. What do you think I'm going to do? Like, come on. So, <laughs> I guess that does. That's pretty good segue actually so unless you've been living under a rock because i don't know why you would watch this show and not know that this happened because you obviously watch baseball if you're watching the show but uh the white Sox had three game series in the bronx it was supposed to be friday saturday and sunday game got ran out so it was just um oh man it took me to a weird i'm trying to get dates here but um the fuck? Sorry, my computer just got all weird on me. <laughs> what night was it? It was the it was Sunday. No, the <clears throat> the brawl. Everything, and everything happened was started. a Saturday. Oh, that was the, the brawl was uh was Friday, right? Friday. It was was it Friday? It was no, Saturday. No, Saturday. Friday, Friday got right now. Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, it was Saturday. Yeah, so Saturday, and then there was a double hundred on Friday. Whoa, Jesus. Yep. I I follow baseball. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so it was the first game of the series. Um, basically, what happened? from a viewer standpoint was you kind of saw what was going on with Anderson and Donaldson. And then Donaldson came up to the plate and Yasmani Grandal got right in his face, man. And you can read his lips and he says, you know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. Like you clear as day. And as someone that isn't the biggest Yasmani Grandal fan, I mean, as someone, like I said, I grew up here on the South Side. I mean, I respect him for going to, for his teammate like that. And he said after the game, like, I fully intended to get thrown out. Like, he just basically just didn't give a fuck. And Donaldson was playing stupid, like most cowards do. Like, what are you talking about? What are you doing? Well, I don't, I don't yeah, know what exactly. you're talking about. And then T.A. came out. He had to get held back. Like, Abreu was giving him, like, the full, like, Jose Abreu is not a little guy. And he's holding T.A. back. He's going crazy. People are pointing. It was kind of cool to have Gordon Beckham in the studio because he was pointing out things that I don't He's like, look at who all they're looking at. Look who they're pointing at. Look at they're all, you know, this is obviously between Tim Anderson and uh, Donaldson, who Donaldson is a notorious just douchebag. Everybody knows Donaldson sucks. I had that whole thing, was that last year or two years ago, where I tweeted out the Donaldson facts hashtag, and that kind of took off in my mind of its own. That was did not see that one coming, but that was kind of fun for a little bit. But he's always been an asshole. And then there was a series, a couple series back when the Yankees were in Chicago where he kind of pushed him a little bit on a tag at third, and they had words. And so what later came out was Tim said that Donaldson called him Jackie. And, you know, reference. So right away, Donaldson tried to say it's in reference to the article that Tim Anderson did in which he referred to himself. 
Basically, Tim said, I'm like Jackie Robinson. I'm trying to bring fun to the game of baseball. He didn't say anything about breaking color barriers. He didn't say anything like that where people have been taking this off and running. He just said, I feel like Jackie Robinson in that aspect of it. Um, this led to a lot of things, Twitter, media. It, it kind of took a, you know, a life of its own, which in some aspects is good. Some aspects it was like, okay, now we're doing a little much. But um, – <laughs> The end result was Donaldson got a one-game suspension. He played the first game on Sunday, Tim sat, and then Tim played the second game on Sunday, and Donaldson sat. And then afterwards, Donaldson got a one-game suspension. Donaldson clung to the fact that him and Tim had this inside joke since 2019, which every member of the White Sox organization basically said that's complete bullshit. Liam Hendricks literally said, and I quote, that's bullshit. Um, You don't have inside jokes with guys you don't get along with, which – I mean, that's just common knowledge. And then Tim Anderson went on a podcast uh, today, an ESPN podcast, and said, you know, yeah, Donaldson did say that to me in 2019. I told him to knock that shit off. So very much not an inside joke at all. Um, There's been a lot of hot takes that have come from this incident. And, uh, you know, it just kind of worked out that Scott was here this week. You know, that actually, we had this plan for a little bit of time, but uh, I'm glad you're here because you shed a little light on this information. Uh, as I don't know if people have noticed, I'm very much a suburban white dude, so <laughs> I don't really relate too much. And one of the things that I wish more people would do is because I don't relate, I try not to speak on it. Like, I, I'm not trying to put myself in this situation. And uh, one other thing I do want to point out before we kind of go around the table here is after the game, Tim was never the one that said it was racist. Tim said he felt insulted. It was Tony LaRusa that said that Donaldson made a racist comment. So everyone, I've seen a lot of people try to go down the lane that Tim was just trying to turn this into a race thing and instigate something. Tim never said that. He said, as a man, he felt disrespected. And if you're a man or even a woman for that matter, hearing this, if you feel someone disrespected you, I feel very confident you're going to act the way that Tim did. So, I don't know. We'll just go clockwise here. Fitz, we'll start with you, bud. Like, where did where did you go from that? Well, first off, I mean, we know one thing. Josh, uh, Donaldson's a, a meatball. Donaldson's that guy that we all knew in high school that called people like cheese and like gave him stupid fucking nicknames and threw kids into the locker. He's a fucking just he, that's his. He's a he's a he's a butthead. Um, and so you got that guy first and foremost. That you know that makes it already more difficult. And then you know you know, you you actually said it perfectly with with no matter what like. Any connotation that there is in this, uh, Tim felt, Tim Anderson felt slighted. And yeah. a lot of times in this world, we say words. And sometimes we we say things that accidentally, inadvertently might hurt somebody's feelings. And it's not about what you say. It's how you make them feel. Um, and and if you inadvertently say something that did happen to be some sort of trigger to somebody or some sort of something that someone could construe as an insult, and you didn't mean it as an insult, you know, a normal good person is going to go, dude, my bad. I, I, I oh, you know, hey, I, out of pocket. Yep. You know, my bad. Learn lesson. I know that those were, I didn't mean it that way. This is what it means. We're done with it. I, I apologize. I hear you. And that, and you move on. He was told in 2019, knock this shit off. So he knows that it bothers Tim Anderson. So it goes into this that he literally is just intentionally digging the knife in. And he again, he's that he's that dickhead that we all know that's like, well, I was just it was just a joke. You know, right, right when the principal walks up, right? right. Like turning their hands out like Biff Tannen, you know, he's Biff Tannen. I mean, he's Biff Tannen for God's sakes. That's what he is. Um, and so he, he digs the knife in there and that's, that's his thing. And, and so, you know, the, the I, Yankees fans, that that's a whole other ball of wax on this whole thing, but cause they are, I mean, 
I mean, you know, the difference between them and a meatball sub is is just the bread. So <laughs> it's, it's it's already what it is. And so it's just it it's it, it's a terrible it's it's a dude being a dick, and it's a dude thinking that he gets some sort of mental advantage by being an asshole, and that's why he's jumping from team to team. And I loved how the Yankees players themselves kind of danced around it too, because they didn't want to comment too much on it. Mike Judge's his interview was perfect. I thought I thought that was great. Or Aaron Judge, Aaron excuse Judge. me. I was like, whoa, no, where are we going, with Mike Judge? Dude. Give it some head. Um, yeah. Hey, Bobby. <laughs> Oh God damn it, Bobby! <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike Judge probably has an opinion too, but uh, Aaron Judge, uh, his was his was better. So uh, yeah. I thought that that you know, but that it is. It's words. It, if you're a normal human being that has common courtesy, you say something that that happened to it, you know make someone feel lesser, and you didn't mean it, and you're not being a dick. You, the response should always be, "My bad, dude. I won't do it again." And that's that. Uh, the key is this: Donaldson knew it and he did it again. Yep. All Characters done. on display. Fire away, bud. Yeah, no, I mean, the only thing I have on this, it's not even adding anything new. It's just, obviously, we all know that Josh Donaldson's an asshole, like, his entire time. He's just, dude's just an asshole all the time. Uh, I remember seeing, I saw a clip from, I think it was Jason Benetti, who was on, uh, an, uh, on a podcast on The Athletic. Yep. And, you know, he talked to Tim. And uh, in that clip, you know, he's focusing on uh, how, you know, it, the thing that sucks the most is, like, Tim Anderson it's just out. He's just playing baseball, right? You know, everybody else, they're just playing a game. And and he's like, like what Tim Anderson told him, or like, I don't know if it was directly to him or like in the media in one of the press conferences, just like, um, you know, I was just out there not trying to bother anybody. And like the immediate thing is like, like, especially like we're talking about like an African-American, like athlete, anything. It's like sometimes and it's great that Tim Anderson like is so vocal now and he's so, and we are in an age where like, there's social media. And, you know, players are much more open about and um, much more comfortable speaking out about things and, like, mm -hmm. the shit that they have to go through. Because imagine if this happened, like, 20 years ago, what he'd just be labeled out. He's just, like, no, he's just the angry black dude. Yep. Or, like, he's just, he, why is he so angry? Like, just, like, calm down or, like, yeah. So, like, that was just, like, the most, like, disheartening thing. But, like, it's good that, you know, we are not now in an age where, like, you know, players do feel comfortable with being, like, no, nah, <laughs> I'm, I'm done with this shit. Like, mm -hmm. I mean that's that's all I had. Yep. And go ahead, Scott. Let it rip, bud. Uh, that's that's a lot I got to say about this, this topic, <laughs> man. It's like so many things I can say. Like I'm from like, you know, just a from a Josh Donaldson is a dick perspective. Like, mm -hmm. just even like even before we get into like the actual connotations and stuff, is he's just a fucking asshole. Like yeah. you know, he he's just like he's just one of the people who just he has a punchable face. He's real annoying. Like, even if this situation didn't happen, my opinion on Josh Donaldson never changed. Like, period. It's just this who this dude is. And you see the history, but not just him, but this entire organization with him since the, the Daryl Boston thing back in Toronto in 2018. Yep. It was a long-standing thing. Now, I look from and I was actually surprised to see Tony La Russa say it was racist because I got my thoughts on Tony La Russa. That's what I'll say <laughs> for another day. But I was like, hmm, interesting coming from you, sir. But yeah. uh, when he said that, and I just saw like how you know emotionally was about, it, I was like he had to have said something that was fucked up. Yep. And so then when Tim said it, I was like, oh shit! And there was two things that went in my mind. One that some people was like, well, he called himself Jackie. Or how's that disrespect? Jackie mm -hmm. Robinson, one of the greatest players of all time. And it's like, no. When I, as a black man and as black people, we've had these conversations in offices. I've been called light skinned Biggie before, like just all like I like I knew nothing like the dude. Like, outside of being black and a, and a bigger guy. Like, so it's, like, different things that I've seen like that. Or, you know, uh, you know, uh, they'll be like, oh, what's up, Puff Daddy? I've, and one of my friends have been called that. You know, it's just it's just shit like that. It's just, like, 
you know, things that is, it's racist. That's just pretty much what it is. I have a homegirl who says she was called Beyonce one time because she changed the hair one day, you know, and, and, and stuff that we hear all the time. So it's like thinly veiled racism. In it. And then and when it comes mm-hmm. to Tim telling them, yo, don't, don't fucking play with me. When he said it three years or four years ago, whenever it was, and then Tim mm-hmm. said he moved to the AL Central. He actually said this on Bomani's show. He moved to the AL Central. I ain't hear nothing for three three years. And we see them so many times. Yeah, he said nothing. Now you're in New York, you and you want to pop shit again. So right. to me, it's like I applaud Tim for being, you know, quiet and not, you know, not being, you know, not being confrontational. I don't think I got that in me. We'd have been fighting. But him to be saying, and also this is the other the, the other thing. If Tim would have reacted, right? Let's say Tim would have swung off Josh oh, no. Donaldson, then it'd have been he a thug. You know, he's oh, yeah. like the, the kids are watching. You got to be a role model, all that other shit. So I just look at it as, you know, Donaldson's a dick, and I don't like how the MLB handled it, you know, which I knew they were going to fumble. If there's anything Rob Manfred's going to do, it's fumble. If there's anything yep. he's going to do, it's fumbles. I'm not really shocked that's what it was, but it's just one of those situations where I'm glad that, you know, you have people who understand what TA is coming from, and I do appreciate the small people on ESPN, not a lot of them, but who did understand. I don't know if you guys were listening to the, the broadcast on Sunday night, but and Wardo Perez was really like, he yes. really understood where he was coming from. He's like, we've only got 7% of African Americans in baseball today. How is this? How is that sending a good message? And somebody, as a black guy who loves baseball, not a lot of us. Like, I have my friends who they're like, you watching baseball? Like, is is you know, they look at me like I'm crazy. So it's like it's not a lot of us to begin with. And I think it's a beautiful game that if we have it in the inner city, you know, it's so it's so expensive to play too. And so mm-hmm. I feel like you need guys like Tim Anderson, who are like, oh, well, I love this dude. He he looks like me. I can go out there and play like TA. So you mm-hmm. can bring it to the game. Dave Cohen said the best. He's like, yo, if TA said he was offended, he's offended. And that's just really yep. like all you need to say to it, man. So you know, it, it was it was a long storyline, but more than anything, I was just happy that the White Sox got the sweep. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't see that shit happening at all. But you know, it's just one of those things where it's you know it it, it happens all the time. So yeah, unfortunately, and like you said, I thought you know Saturday night going into Sunday the doubleheader. You know, I thought you know this is either going to go one or two ways. There's no other way about it for the the baseball aspect of it. Like the White Sox are going to be so caught up in this and just tired of this shit, and they're just going to do what they kind of been doing this year and show the Yankees their bellies, and they're going to get their ass kicked twice and move on. But uh, to come out and to win both games on Sunday was, I mean, it was big for the situation, but it was just for a season as a whole to go into the Bronx and play the best team in baseball and take two games from them in the same day. That was huge. And before we kind of get into the baseball thing, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but I'm going to put it on the screen here. The White Sox just bought a bunch of these billboards. Yeah, I love One of them say, baseball needs more Tim Anderson. And the other one says, the face of baseball with Tim shushing the crowd pitcher, which is chef's kiss for that one. But I um, I would say this. What what I love about y'all podcast is a mix of Cubs and White Sox fans because – I don't think people not from Chicago understand that like it's so well. If you're from New York, you probably understand, you know, with the Mets Yankee thing. People right. in LA don't understand because I'm when I tell you people don't give a shit about the Angels out here. Like, number one, they're <laughs> not even in LA, they're not even in Los Angeles no. County. Anaheim. Fuck the city. They're not even <laughs> in the county. Like, it's a 45-minute drive on a good day to get to Anaheim. So, really? you know, with, with Chicago, it's like my mother is a diehard Cub fan. Like the day the Cubs won the World Series, I was I couldn't 100 percent be mad. 
because she was happy. Like, you know, she was excited. Like, my best friend is a Cub fan. Like, matter of fact, that picture of the billboard, I just put that on my Instagram story. He commented in the IG story. He was like, he said, more Tim Anderson's. You mean somebody can't even feel the ground ball? I was like, oh, I was like, do the Cubs even have a shortstop right now? Like, you know, so it's that, it's that banter between yep. the two that I don't think anybody not from Chicago understands what it's like. Yep, and we make a big point on the show, you know, as Fids and Aldo are the, the Cubs fans here. Um, but it's one thing that we talk about on the show, and I guess where you stand on this, I don't see the Cubs as a rival. Like, I'll to put me, like this. Yeah, go ahead. The team is not a rival. Right. Like, none of these actual series mean shit. Exactly. Outside of it being in the summer, you can go with your friends and family, get drunk. And by the way, Major League Baseball, stop having these series in May. Cubs and yep. Sox be reserved for the summer, you know, get you a little, you know, Do one it on week. the weekend. Yeah, back to back weekends. One week you out south, one week you at Wrigley. That's how it should be. And it's really just for bragging rights. At the end of the day, I don't, it's not like the Packers. Like, I, I, I don't even eat cheese during football season. Like it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's that extreme. My hate for the Green Bay Packers. Like if I had the last gallon of water on planet Earth and Aaron Rodgers was thirsty, I'm drinking the hell out of that gallon. So it's not. It's, it's that's legit hate. You know what I'm saying? Like I hate the Minnesota Twins. I don't hate the Cubs. Have never done a damn thing to me. It's just the, it's just the interaction between the fans, and yep. that's really all it is. I love to piss my friends off. They love to piss me off. When 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 the Cubs, you know, would lose, they I would hit them up. When we got our ass whooped by the Astros, who were the first people? Like my best friend was talking to me, like he ain't never knew me. Like it, it's it's that kind of <laughs> that kind of blood rivalry. So between the fans is a rivalry, but the actual teams, it's not. But I do think the players turn it up a notch for them series. They do think they know how much it means for the fan base in the city. I would agree, and I think they just uh, they turned that notch up a little bit. It's I think what I was reading earlier. I I don't know if I'm reading it's going to be the game of the week on Fox, MLB yeah. on Fox now. It's going to be Casper and AJ. Yep. So it's going to be interesting because AJ last time he was calling White Sox games, he got booed out of a bar in Bridgeport. But I love uh, I love AJ. AJ one of my favorite White Sox players ever. But commentate yes. name for him, man. He 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 like he like he like Chris Webber. I don't know if y'all. Like Chris Webber was yep. one of the greatest basketball players ever, but he just couldn't get it right in the booth. Like, like Reggie Miller's annoying, but at least he's not bad. Like Chris Webber was legit bad at calling games. That's how I kind of feel about AJ. Like I love AJ, but I, I'd be kind of good when he be calling games. <laughs> quick, quick side note: former uh, ESPN Sunday Night Baseball broadcaster David Ross was just ejected from the Cub game. Oh yeah, that little like beanball war in Cincinnati. He got Are ejected you? before the White Sox got a hit. Oof. Who? Unless Wait, I'm not looking. Unless I'm not looking at the screen, I don't. I haven't seen anybody on base in these last three innings. No. Who? Uh, who's pitching for Cincinnati? Are they? They're not facing. Uh, what's his face? Tonight. No, it's a, it's a reliever right now. Oh, okay. Because I was gonna say, if you're facing Hunter Green, well, that's tomorrow. Though you're in a beanball war. Hunter Green's not the dude I want to get in a beanball that's t- war that's with. tomorrow, so the Cubs still have to worry about that. That's tomorrow. Dude's pumping 102. That's not exactly the guy that I'm trying to uh, pick a fight with in that aspect of it. But one is, I guess we're really killing these segues. But one of the things that I did want to bring up was game two in the Bronx, Sunday night baseball on ESPN. I mean, there's no really bigger stage during the regular season. White Sox, Yankees. And then you got Michael Kopech, who I've been calling like the ninja of the White Sox pitching squad because he's Kopech. just been so much. just quietly going out on the hill and doing his thing. But to me, the Sunday night game was like 
the Michael Kopik is fucking here game. Yeah. You know, he's always been like around there. He's been, you know, doing his thing, but it was the Sunday night game where Kopik just stepped up to the stage. I'm trying to pull his final stat line. I think he had six strikeouts. Yeah, it was like six strikeouts, seven innings. I think he gave up. He gave up no runs. No runs. He took. Yeah, to I gotta play. give love to the whole Sox pitcher staff. Eighteen innings, one run from that number one leading offense. I thought was Johnny Cueto yes. nails in the first game too. Yep, and Kopik carried a perfect game into I believe the sixth inning against the like you said the top offense in baseball. But uh, dude was pumping, you know, mid to upper nineties. He. He was just the word I used on Twitter that night, and I think it just applies. He was just fucking nails the yeah. whole game. Just didn't shake once, got in a little bit of trouble in his last inning, but he kept the pitch count down. He was very efficient. And the fact that he was – Aaron Judge, one of the hottest hitters in baseball, comes up, and he's throwing him a first-pitch slider, hitting the bottom left corner. I was just like, Jesus Christ, like that could have went south quickly. But yeah. he was hitting it. I don't know. I know Kopech, you guys, Scott. What did you see? Like what – what are you taking from that start? Oh, uh, man, it was incredible. I just got to give him love for this entire season, though. Like, you know, I was like, it's probably going to take him about a season for him to actually get into full form. Well, this first year is, is, a, is a, you know, as a starter. You know, last year he was a reliever. And then I feel like in the second half of the season, he really fell off the cliff. Like, he couldn't get out. He was giving up hella home runs. I mean, the reason we even got the Tim Anderson, uh, you know, it's over celebration. If I'm not mistaken, he gave up a home run in that game. If I'm not, or was it? Well, I'm pretty sure he did. So to see him go out there, he's kind of been like the the new Jose Quintana, damn near, where he's dominating and ain't getting no damn wins. Uh, so but to see him go out there on on prime time, whole world watching, especially after that TA incident mm -hmm. in in Yankee Stadium, which is is key to me. And I know you know you can't take stuff out of May games. You know October so damn far away, but mm -hmm. just having that experience, do it on the road. Because the way the White Sox playing now, they're gonna have to play a lot of playoff games on the road. Uh, was was spectacular, and even outside of Kopech, what I love was it was one of those games where the offense couldn't get anything going, but they were hitting the ball well. In the eighth inning, it's like they just took over. You know, mm -hmm. Andrew Vaughn, Reese McGuire, and I know Reese McGuire is not great, but I watched Zach Collins for two years, and he's like so much better than dude. It's not yep. even fucking funny. And then for TA to come <laughs> out. Chef's kiss with a three run yep. homer. Like that dude, in, in, in the words of Stephen A. Smith, he's box office. Yep, he you did the whole shh. Yeah, to I, the I, yep. I was well, I was running around my living room like a madman, man. I know my neighbor. <laughs> yeah. I was yelling all in here. So it, it, it was great to watch. And then at the time of this recording, which is on Wednesday night, Michael Kopech is currently second in all of baseball with a 129 ERA. Like he's not fucking around. Like basically, yeah. what I'm saying is like, and he's doing, he, had, he had dead arm. Yeah, he had dead. He had dead arm for one yeah, inning he, against the Yankees. Everybody fucking. Oh, oh, it's over. Oh my god. Well, that, well that, one thing you know about White Sox fans, they panic. Oh, like, oh my! It's like, look, man. Oh. I love, I love, I love my baseball team, though. Like they won the World Series on my 17th birthday. Like they'll never be a greater, nice. greater gift than 05. But. When I tell you, White Sox fans are the most jump off the ledge motherfuckers I've ever seen in my life, and and it, it, it's, it's it's irrational. Like we'll win one game, or we're about to get on the right road. We got Eloy and Lance coming back, and then we get shellac like last night. 
And it's mm-hmm. oh, it's over. Rick Hines before I'm like, dude, I'm like on my fifth episode of Seinfeld after this game. So why y'all care <laughs> right now? Like you, 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 you care way too much. So it's it's definitely panic. It's definitely what White Sox fans do. That winning streak was a perfect example. They they lose what seven in a row and then they win yes. six in a row. Sorry, I would have been seven. I I was my fault. Um, <laughs> sorry, it was yes. a jinx on yeah. a tweet. <laughs> so one seven. Anyway, the, the 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 polar opposites of how it went from like the end of that seventh or eighth loss or whatever it was. Uh, it was like it's over. Seasons you know cash it in, and then by the time it gets to that sixth win, everybody's flying high and it's yeah. Good great old days are here again. You know, they're yeah. dancing around and celebrating. It's, it's fantastic. White Sox fans were not built. <laughs> White Sox fans were not built for the 162 game around. Like, you know, and, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh you know you know exempt from I panic sometimes too. But then I have to tell myself, we got like 120 games left. Like, you know, and let and we're playing like this in mid-July. Okay, press the fucking panic button. But yep. you can look even as far as last year, the Atlanta Braves were hot ass. Until yes, like the third mm-hmm. NFL preseason game, and then they decide to play well. We saw that with the with the, the uh, Nationals three years yep. ago. Mm-hmm. They were terrible. All you got to do in baseball, and I'm not saying the White Sox are going to do this. To me, they have a lot of fundamental issues. I don't know if it can be fixed this year. But in baseball, all you got to do get in the tournament. It's all you you can kill all year. Look at the Dodgers. Look mm-hmm. at the Dodgers are the polar opposite of it. They dominate. In the regular season for almost 10 years now, at least since I've been out here, and I've been out here since 2014. When the playoffs come, they don't know what the hell to do. I know they won in 2020, but if I'm gonna make fun of the Lakers for their bubble championship, I'm gonna do the same <laughs> damn thing with the Dodgers. You know, do it when the lights are on and you're actually in Los Angeles or in other cities. They don't get it done. So it's the it's like the polar opposite. So all I'm saying for the White Sox, just get in. And if we keep pitching the way we're pitching right now. Yep. That's half the battle. I think the number one issue in that Astro series, pitchers were getting shellacked. Like the yes. game was damn near over in the fourth inning a lot of those times. So your offense, it's hard for them to come back in a situation like that. So, you know, it's a White Sox fans need to just breathe, relax. If the season doesn't go the way it was planned, then yeah, let's get Han out of here and do what we got to do. But it's a, it's a lot of baseball left. So I can address Steve, this too real quick. Can I just address what yep. Ralph just wrote? Defense is bottom five. We have a first baseman playing yes. right field. A lot of here's, fundamental issues. But here's a part of that 162-game season. This is where their development has to really take place. This is where yeah. you're giving guys opportunities. They're getting repetitions out there. They're seeing if you're going to cost a couple games here and there so that they are actually better later in the season, just like you're talking about, peaking at the right time, these guys are out there getting the reps. So it's okay to have a first baseman playing right field right now. Why? Because sooner or later, he's an athlete, first off, a professional athlete, and they figure it out usually. Uh, he's going to figure it out out there, and he's going to he's going to be serviceable, um, and that's all you're looking for in that situation. And then you can make you know roster moves if you need to make the roster moves. But yeah. this is the time to let those guys get those innings and learn and pick and choose and push buttons and see what works and what doesn't. And then by the time you're at the po- you know th- that stretch, like you're talking about with the Braves and the Nats too, a couple of years ago, you're pushing the right buttons, you're peaking at the right time, and you roll. And th- yeah. that roll is what you're seeking all season. If you roll in July, no one gives a shit. Nope. You want to roll in mid to late September, and that's when it's kicking. And that's you know, and you want to obviously get started probably late August, early September. But that's what you're that's what you're seeking the whole season is that moment. I'm gonna yeah, give yeah. you two Tony La Russa uh, examples since Tony likes to always tell about how many championships you got. Look at the 06, <laughs> the 06 uh, Cardinals, right, and the 2011 Cardinals, both wild card teams that won the World Series. And this is how you know baseball is fucked up. The White Sox won 90 games in 2006, and I will go to mm-hmm. my grave believing that the 06 roster was better than the 05 roster. 
That was a, a much better team, and they didn't make the fucking playoffs. The Cardinals won the World Series and won seven less games. The 2011 Cardinals were kind of like what we see from the White Sox. They were god-awful in the first half of the season. Then when they traded for – man, was it Matt Holiday? Was it, they mm-hmm. traded for somebody. I don't know, was it Burke? I don't know, they traded for somebody. I forgot who they traded the deadline. But they got somebody at the deadline, and they just started raking. And then the playoffs come, they're knocking out number one seeds. All you got to do is get in. And one thing I, I said on my podcast a couple of days ago was – just get out of June, six games or less in first place because the Twins yes. have the schedule from hell yes. in the second half. They've yes. benefited from playing the Tigers. They played the Royals. They play the Tigers right now. They play the Royals again. So they have a ridiculously easy record. That pitching is going to come down to earth, and the White Sox have an easy schedule. Now, that being said, you still got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Which the White Sox haven't been able to do yet, so right, it's, they got a lot. They got a lot of road to, to to overcome right now. And you can't get no hit by a 52 year old Rich Hill in in your Bruh, own park. Exactly. So, I didn't know you still in the league. So yeah. I saw the lineup today. I'm pretty sure his grandson's in Double A or something like that. But anyways, <laughs> uh, well, you guys kind of touched on it though. Speaking of White Sox fans being completely rational people that don't overreact and panic <laughs> about anything, uh, one of the most for some weird fucking reason, a uh, player that people like to spaz out about. He currently is, as we broadcast this, he has 56 at-bats this season. 56. You're talking about uh, last name, Moncada? And Yes, and he's hitting a 143 <laughs> batting average. Not good. By any metric, any stat you want to throw, not good. But also, 53 fucking at-bats. Like, calm down, people. Like, he's, he's coming off an injury. It's a weird injury to begin with. I don't know if anybody's ever had that kind of where it hurts to sneeze and laugh kind of injury in your ribs, like abdomen section. It shit hurts. And it like it's very uncomfortable and he's figuring it back out. I think he's going to be fine. But one of the things that keeps coming up, and this is kind of the next topic I want to move to. All of a sudden, I'm seeing all these trade proposals that include Yoan Mankata. I've I'm. I love Yoan Makata, man. He's, he's he's my son, man. I love Yoan. Like <laughs> I be defending Yoan and get mad when I be like, I think White Sox fans have this idea. Like I don't know if you remember that uh, ESPN article that came out before he was a White Sox when he was with the the Red Sox and they were like hyping him up. He's the next guy, and I think just because he he has become that power hitter that White Sox fans want him out. He's still a very good third baseman. I put yes. him top 10 third baseman lead. He's great defensively. And remember when we missed out on Manny Machado and they said he was going to move to third, I was like, uh, I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's been really good at third. My mm-hmm. only complaint is can you just give me 20 homers a year? You ain't got to give me 25, 27. Give me 20. And I feel like White Sox fans just had this such a high expectation of him, forgetting that the guy with real superstar power is in their center field, and his name is Luis Robert. Focus yes. on that and just enjoy what you're getting from Mercado. But I'm with you. It's 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 early, man. It's 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 early. It's early. That's all yeah. I got to say about yeah. that, man. Tonight's his 15th game of the season. Like, That's crazy. 15. 15th game of the season, plus you add on. I'm not trying to sit here and make excuses for him. He's got to get better. He's going to yeah. get better. But whole team got to get better. He also had a, a short spring training, too. So, like, yep. it, everything's kind of fucked up on this timing-wise. I know he came in in his rehab games in Charlotte and he started hitting bombs, but that's triple-A pitching. Like, that's what it is. But yeah. I think he'll be okay. His defense is definitely there. He's made some great plays with the leather. But what – although, what was the trade we threw up there for you, Amonka, that everyone got fucking salty about? Oh, yeah, we were joking around, like – Completely joking around. Three weeks ago, yeah. I just threw out 
what did I, oh Jonathan India from the Reds. Yeah, and we were, and we just like threw it out like let's do a Twitter poll. Let's get everybody mad. And you'd be surprised. So, there was still like thirty percent who said yes. Yeah, for so Jonathan was India. I felt bad because people were getting really mad. <laughs> they were getting really mad about it. I was just like, Jonathan India is well, a great second baseman. You know, that'd be cool. The, but the crazy part to me though is like, like I get it. You're frustrated, and and it, it all because it's all because of the expectations, right? Because it's like, oh, yeah. we traded Chris yeah. Sale. You know, we're expecting to get like MVP level talent year in and year out, and yet, like you know, I know he had a great what 2019, like a five war yeah, player. 2019 was great. Yeah, I agree with you guys like fully. You know, I'm kind of like top ten third baseman. He gets on base, plays great defense. You want a little more power, but hey, everybody everybody says it. Not everyone can give you everything. If you still produce, you're still a good player. Mm-hmm. That's what Yohan Mankata is. But like the, the Sox fans who are not only trade Yohan Mankata, but they're like, Jake Berger can fill in at third base. and oh. Like, no, what are you talking about? And like, have you like, seen I'm- Jake Berger play baseball? <laughs> I don't think people have seen Jake Berger play baseball. I was praying hit. for him to come back in that little time he was out. Like he can hit a little. Like that, I saw. Yeah. I was looking at his numbers. Like he's nothing special either. He's he, not even nothing special. He's a below average hitter. He's not. I, he's yeah. like Kevin. You know this. He's David Bowie. Like oh. he, yeah, he'll he'll get like some hits, but like he ain't. He ain't nothing or special. Or <laughs> that drove like, me crazy. I don't get it. The thing that drove me crazy are the people that are saying, move Berger to second base. Have you seen that guy try to move left to right? Man. And you want to put him at second base. Look, like, it's like on, blackjack. Guys. It's yeah. like blackjack, man. You don't remember, like, you don't remember the losses. Or some people only remember the losses. Some people only remember the wins, too. But you, you like you block it out. So these people see like these one individual moments, and there's like maybe like seven individual moments, and then oh, what a great moment. But it's actually over like a hundred at bats. Yeah. So it's it's like He's he's hitting like 187. Oh my god! Did you see that 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 grand slam that one time that he came through? But that those they piece them together, and over time it does blend together, and it does create like a mytho- mythological kind of player idea. The Bodie thing is a perfect example because yeah, I mean, Cup fans turned him into a god. Who is also the same people. He's also the same people who bought Daniel Parker jersey. So like we also got to like <laughs> put that in perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess with all that being said. If you if they handed you the key, Scott, they say, hey, we got the trade deadline coming up. We got this proverbial window that everybody loves to fucking talk. I, the window talk it's, it drives me crazy. But they have this. This it's is their time. There should be no shut up. They should be. <laughs> uh, they should be going for it by all sense of baseball. Like this is the squad you make, and especially with the arms they got rolling out there. So Scott, they hand you the keys. They say, go out. What? We need you to make a deal or two, whatever you need to do. But what what do you do at the trade deadline if you're the White Sox? Uh man, well, get some left-handed bats up in there, man. Like mm-hmm. you gotta get this team is too righty. Uh I wouldn't be mad at another arm, even though I like our pitching as it is right now. I do think, you know, when 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 Lane gets back, you got a solid four. Um, if Kopech and Cease can stay on the trajectory that they're on right now. But I would go out there and see if you can get you a legit second baseman. Like I love Josh Harrison, man. I was I wasn't mad at the signing, uh, but he looking washed out there, man. Like he's looking like the Jimmy Rollins signing a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, I don't think he has anything. It's like the White Sox. The thing I think annoys me about the White Sox is they spent money this all season, but in the bullpen, like that wasn't a real issue of yours. It's getting a legit and getting a legit right fielder. 
You know, uh, I, I love A.J. Pollock. You know, he's not a right fielder. He's a left fielder. Now, he can go out there and play it, but he's not mm-hmm. an everyday right fielder. Now, of course, we all – the number one talking White Sox Twitter, Michael Conforto, but then we ended up seeing that his medicals was fucked. Yeah. And so I guess it was good that we didn't get him. So, but at, at the same time, I don't think there's one move that will change anything. I think the thing that a lot of White Sox fans don't want to admit, and we talked about this on my show, and you know, we like to say, talking about windows and, and windows in sports, they're very fleeting. And you know, you can you can see like the Cubs supposed to run off four or five. You know, they got twenty sixteen. It's like they couldn't hit no more. Uh, even in like other sports. Then, you know, there's really no windows in football. It changes so fast. Basketball, you can get injured. You know, the, the Warriors were out of contention for two years because their guys were hurt. So there's really, with that, with the White Sox, they're, the windows now, guys are in, under control, but the core has to play better. Yes. It doesn't matter what move Rick Hahn does if outside of T.A., because T.A. is doing his thing. Yep. But T.A. and Luis, the only two players on this team to me that deserve their paycheck offensively. Like, you need Mankata to show up every game. You need Eloy to actually stay on the field to produce. You know what I'm saying? You need nice. Andrew Vaughn to produce. You know what I'm saying? We can't. I love Jose Brady. One of my top five favorite White Sox ever. He can't be doing his two-month being ass type thing. Like, yep. we, we can't allow this. You know what I'm saying? So the core has to play better because if they're not getting hits, if they're not getting home runs, one thing I love, you look at the Yankees and the Dodgers, they score with ease. Yes. Like there, there, there's, there, there's yeah. no. Go ahead, hold on, Scott. I wanted to give you a peek into my my world. So I mean, you do, hey, a, I mean, this you is do a baseball get... show with two Cub fans, <laughs> and you literally get this comment. You need once a right week. fielder. You all need these Cubs, hey, all these, all these Cubs fans <laughs> are trying to make the white. They're like trying to manifest the White Sox taking Jason Hayward's contract. I got two things oh, to say about about Jason Hayward. One. I understand Cub fans for being upset that he didn't quote unquote like meet his the contract, but right. at the same time, I, I I will give you guys this: who was the one who had that uh little meeting in this in Game Seven when the most rain? That's the speech ever. And Mr. wait, hold on, hold on, Scott. Scott, I gotta I gotta stop you right there before his head explodes <laughs> on the screen. Go up, Fids, tell him. No, no, no. I mean, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, Fids, tell him. No, no. It's it's a good story. <laughs> but you got your championship, though. Yes, I don't get I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that's the main reason, but no, no, no. things were looking really dark in that game before that for that rain delay. That Roger yeah, Davis that, home run hurt me, and I was, was rooting not, against y'all. Like, that was so like, that was, I, I was like, man, no fan base deserves this fame. But here's the second thing I gotta say about Jason now as a black guy, as a black man. I love getting paid for mediocrity. It, it, it's, it, it's fun. <laughs> that is the American dream to get paid as a black man to be mediocre. Like, like people tell me Tyler, Tyler Perry movies are, are trash. So what? <laughs> Who cares? They are. What are you getting paid for? So it's, as far as as far as Hayward get paid, black man, that's all I got to say about him. But no, I do not want him on the south side. No, the thing no. about Hayward, too, is man, he does a lot for the community in Chicago, too. He does a, a, lot shit, too. Yeah. a shit ton. So, like, he might not be producing, but he's still producing. Like, it's, it, it's, that's, a, that's a thing that probably would, you know, be rad if he were, was, you know, obviously it, it would never happen, but trade to the Sox is he gets to keep working with his, where he's been working. And he's, mm-hmm. he does a great job. He's a good, he's a good role model for some guys. He's a little grumpy sometimes. I know that. I can tell you that. Ryan's from, see that contract and pass out. You know, you don't, yeah, that's, really, that's you don't believe in triple zeros when it comes to paying players. No. Yeah, so Ronnie Grandall, 75 million, highest contract in White Sox history. So, yeah, Ian, Hap, Ian Hap, though, should be. that. Yumper says it in the chat. That actually, 
about from Montgomery? From Montgomery, please. No, stop, dude. I no, know that you got it. No, Montgomery's gonna be Montgomery's gonna be the, the the shortstop when we when we let TA walk because they don't want to pay him what he's worth. I've been telling Zoe in 2027. I get ready. It's coming up quick. The, the only way Tim Anderson is here past his contract, and I'm not wishing death on nobody, this is going to be very clear, is if Reinsdorf isn't here anymore. That is right. the only way that Tim Anderson will be a White Sox because he's going to get a nice deal. He's going to get a nice oh, deal. Oh, yeah. He's number one in every major like hitting category amongst all shortstops in the league. Yes, he has nine errors this year, but... But the only reason we talk yeah. about his errors is because Fernando Tatis decided he wanted to be Jay Williams, and yeah. and, 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 when, and we keep forgetting about his errors. He'd be, right. like, with 15 right now if he yes. was playing. Yeah, no, I'm I'm taking T.A. All. T.A. should be starting in L.A. in the Midsummer Classic. Oh, yes. I yes. would love to... To, to CT. I will not yeah. be – well, I don't think I'm be at the game. Tickets are ridiculous. And I don't know if y'all been in Dodger Stadium. Worst ballpark on planet Earth to get into. Like, That's, it's like getting into the fucking Batcave. Like, when I yeah. tell you it's literally on a hill. <laughs> the Batcave's a perfect example. Yeah, It's literally on a hill. Like, you got to go all the way up. Like, I leave in the seventh inning every time I go to a game because L.A. traffic is already fucked. Add that with Dodgers games, I'm going to be <laughs> home to 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. You're so, you're good. You're a good hour and a half in that parking lot getting out minimum. minimum. Oh, easily. Minimum. Easily. That's okay. Make sure you have a playlist and gas in your gas tank because you, yeah. you'll. How much? I mean, how many times do you see people run out of gas while they're waiting? Yeah, have, and it's like that's the last place on planet Earth I want to be doing an earthquake in Los Angeles. Like maybe that's that why that fight is so high. Oh no, that's the. I would Dodger never goes two games in LA. You don't go to Dodgers Giants. Yep. And the the Ram versus any L any NFC West team. Like yeah, they just w- 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 for the NFC Championship game, I'm pretty sure they handed out bulletproof vests at SoFi Stadium. Like <laughs> that—that's how much them fans get into it, man. <laughs> it's guaranteed you're gonna go out. You you fire you log into Twitter and it's guaranteed fan fighting videos. Like oh. 100. It's oh, every Sunday. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 100. But there's one team I'm gonna throw this out to you, Scott. I want to hear it because there's a team. This was brought up last week when we were having this trade conversation, and then there's. A team that's out there that's somewhat underperforming, not really to where they thought they were going to be, and I think they have two players that the White Sox could potentially target, and that's the mm. Seattle Mariners. Okay. Now, the two names that I like on Seattle for this White Sox team is Mitch Haniger, and I've been trying to get Adam Frazier on the fucking White Sox for three years, and he's having a decent year this year. So I don't know how you feel about those two guys, one of those guys as a trade deadline move. Hey man, for second base, anybody who can actually hit above average, I would take and has like a decent glove. That's how that's how bad. Like, think about who's the last good, like really good White Sox second base. Ray Durham. Ray Durham? Like that has to be the last Gucci. Yeah, I I will always love a Gucci for that home run in the in the uh in the first round series against Boston. Uh many nights. In October, I didn't have my homework done. I was doing it in class the next day because I was watching White Sox game. So I give it up to Gucci for that. But I don't remember anything he did outside of that playoff series. <laughs> so, you know, I would say Adam Frazier. Mitch Hanniger just looks like a White Sox player. You know, some people just – some players just embody South, the White Sox South side. Like Lance yep. Lynn. He, oh, he looked like he should have been here years before. He looks like my cousin. <laughs> I mean, like, that's just, yeah, it yeah. Looks like a guy who you would see on the White Sox. I would like either one of those. The question here is going to be: if any trade the White Sox do, who do we have to trade? 
Not that's where that's this, the, we have the that, worst yeah. farm system in baseball right that's now. That's all our guys up. The only reason why I think they could even get Mitch Haniger though is because he's he's batting two hundred. Like he's he's got three home runs. He's batting two hundred. I think this would be the definition of buying low on a guy. It might yeah. be a nice change. Seattle loves. I mean, complete opposite farm system. They're loaded. Now, top is he to a bottom. lefty? I don't know what he is. Uh, Haniger bats. I, Jesus Christ, I can't think right now. I think he's right-handed. He's righty. He fits right in. <laughs> he fits right in if he's righty. That's all we got over there. I'm, my brain, I'm. Where are you? Fonzo, at, you don't remember? You don't remember all those home run videos Jordan was tweeting out last year? Yeah, <laughs> no, he's right? a he's a left-handed hitter. He's I think he's a switch hitter. What is this? Might be a switch hitter. No, he, he bats be. righty. Throws righty. Okay. Well, yeah, he fits yeah. right in. Oh, yeah. right Yep. Yep, Josh Bell. Sure, I'm. I'm Josh Bell is kind of washed, but yeah, I was about to say he's, he's a lefty on the power, verge of washed. Um, I guess you know who like I would a, love first base DH. Yeah, you know right. who I would love Andrew Benintendi. I wanted that before he went to the Royals. Before that he year, went to the yeah. Royals, I would love. Like the Royals, like you're not doing anything. With them. They're not going to be good for no. an extremely long time. No, not at so all. So it doesn't even matter about in division trades. By the time y'all are good, it, it ain't gonna matter. Maybe she just give us to him. Like we'll get y'all somebody. I don't know. Yeah, we'll figure something out. Get get, get y'all. You know, I don't know. I mean, some random person is some Harold's chicken. I don't know somebody. <laughs> Ian Hap was the second baseman when he was drafted. You really just, trying to sell this Ian Hap thing? <laughs> this is week like two or three of this now. Yeah. Here's the thing: you guys be lucky. You guys be lucky to get Ian Hap. Ian Hap is good, but you guys again, you guys got nobody to trade. That's what I'm saying. Who would you want for Ian Hap? <laughs> Jake Burger. Nobody there you, you guys have. Fuck off. Right. <laughs> get yep. y'all, get y'all Gavin Sheets or something. I don't know. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Like, no, like that's the thing. Like, you you guys use your trade trip. Your yeah. trade trip is Nick Madrigal. You got yep. AJ Pollock for him at the end. That's what you got. Yep. Yeah. What if like what if the Cubs ate half of Jason Hayward's payroll and sent Hap and Hayward together? Because no. Hayward Ian Hap has a uh, he's really under some pretty cheap control for a couple what, one, two more years? You sound like one of my Yankee friends who want me to get Aaron Hicks. Like somebody with my my my, my Yankee homies was like, I pay for his ticket. Just, just yeah, take. right. Can we also trade? Oh, White Sox got a hit. Oh, there you go, Kevin. There you go, Kevin. You on Jinxie? Lead off double. Uh huh. You have to use this power for good, dude. Now watch, he's gonna be stranded there. Yep, Jose Abreu too. He's not trying to run though, so it's okay. But. I just I don't know I'm stuck on Adam Frazier I want Adam Frazier on the White I Sox. Good second baseman. Far, like, I gotta I gotta look at how far they are out of wild card because with the with the Mariners they're very far any, down. Oh, they're out of wild card too. They're 18 oh, and 27 right now. They're last place Ooh, in the man. AL West. It's it's not in the wild card team. Damn. In the wild card right now, they're technically they're six games out of a wild card yeah, spot. That's, that's quick. That didn't happen. Yeah, Damn. well, yeah, well, they, yeah, they might not need a lot. No, and they love they their, they love the, the younger, so, like, we can maybe, like, move, like, a Cespedes or, you know, like, uh. You know, I have no problem, like, honestly, out of the, the White Sox prospects we had, I don't think any of them are untouchable at this point, like, you know, I think the one who has the most prominence would probably have to be Oscar Colas, but, like, I'd trade mm-hmm. him for the right deal, too, but I have yeah. a, pro- I think that, you know, we were just talking about Yohan Moncada, push come to serve, shove, he might him or Crochet gonna have to be the sacrificial lamb. If the White Sox are like still slumping, 
mm-hmm. unfortunately, because you're not going to trade T.A. Nope. Damn sure not going to trade Luis Robert. Nope. Uh, Eloy, it gets gets injured too damn much to no who the fuck is going to want him. Yep. So I think it's going to be one of them, too, if it comes to that, to where we have to get that. But right. it's, it's got to be one of them deals where you're getting a, a primetime player back yeah. oh, to yeah. get one of them, too. I'm definitely not giving them up for no damn Adam Frazier, even though I would like him on the team. Right. No, I got you there. Like, that would have to be, like, a no-doubt slam dunk of a deal. Yeah. And people are still going to bitch about it no matter what. Oh, sure. It had to be like that. Uh, what was that bit, like, the Boston and uh, L.A. trade? What was it, like, Carl Crawford? It was, like, bad money for bad Ooh. money. Like, Adrian. Oh, Red yeah. Sox still mad about that Carl Crawford deal. I mean, yes, I, I mean, that, that was the, that was uh, that was Theo's uh, first Jason Hayward contract. Carl Crawford, <laughs> Carl Crawford on Tampa Bay was nice, though. In the old video games, oh, yeah. Carl Crawford was a – Dawed in those games. Man, them, that 08 Rays team, yep. they just went to a jog- juggernaut in the Phillies. But yeah. that was a good squad, man. Rookie year, Evan Longoria, mm-hmm. uh, Justin, was it? Was it Bino BJ Upton? Yeah. Uh, back when James Shields was good and not the guy who robbed us of generational talent. Big game, uh, James, baby. Yeah, when he was big game, James. <laughs> James, so you know they they that was a fun team. Was Carlos Pena on that team? Carlos Pena was on that Thursday, team. Yeah, yeah. He was really good. Yeah, yeah. Man, oh, who was it? Yeah, who's Tony? Uh, what's my man? Was it? Who's their first baseman? That was Carlos Pena, right? Payne? No, it was, it was Tony Pena, right? I might get the name wrong. I don't know. He on Hold ESPN on. now. I probably got the run the name wrong, but anyway, that 08 team was fun. That was a fun team that whooped our team's ass in the in the in the in the, in the ALDS. I remember that quick series. <laughs> Hold on, I'm pulling. Yeah, that was. Yeah, you Carlos, know that that, that playoff run was so short that only we only think about we we think that people forget the blackout game was not a playoff game, right? Nope. Like, like that's how bad that playoff quote unquote run was. Like that was either the White Sox and the and the, and the Cubs were good, mm-hmm. and then I thought the Cubs were gonna do way more than Manny. Just it was like fuck this, I'm taking everybody out. That was like one of the most impressive one man showings I've ever seen. Uh, and you know, that was just that was a funny ass year. God damn, <laughs> that, I'm I pulled up the the fucking 08 Rays team. Carlos Pena was their first baseman, he finished the year as a 5.1 war, <laughs> and then rookie Evan Longoria 4.8 war. Ben James, Shields was, team, James Shields was a 4 1 war. Scott oh. Kazmer was a 3. Oh, I war. know that ain't Jay Burger. I know that ain't Jay Burger. Three run home. There you go. Trade Yo, Makata stock trade just went up. <laughs> yep, there it is. There now. Oh God, now I'm gonna have to read that shit. Oh, oh man, my. I don't even oh. want to look at my stock Twitter right now. Who needs Makata? Who needs him? Real no. quick, just burger and a blast. Press up the t-shirts. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot how good this team was. Just real. Navario was their catcher. Carlos Pena at first. They had that Asian dude. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his name at second. Uh, Jason Bartlett, Evan Longoria, Carl Crawford, B, Prime BJ Upton, yeah, Prime Upton, Game Gabe Gross, and then their DH was Cliff Floyd. Cliff, <laughs> Cliff Floyd, yeah, equal value to have now. That's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> but that team was sick. Sorry, you got you took me down memory lane real quick. Yeah. And I'm when it comes to baseball, once you start that, you pull on that thread a little. Oh bit yeah, the, me, the baseball, gonna, yeah. The random shit in baseball just have you like thinking all day. Like even with that that Phillies team when they had the three MVPs, it was Rollins, Howard, and Utley. Like that was a crazy team. I don't think yep. people talk about it enough. Like they, remember they, they they played the Yankees. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Oh, in the World Series next year. Yeah. Yep. 
So oh, look, yeah. um, I've, I've I've been thinking it over. Uh, if I'm going to take the blame for that seventh loss and that seven game win streak, you I'm going to take this one. I'm take I know the credit for this inning right now. Tuck it in the pocket real quick. Hey, that's fair because I gave you copious amounts of shit for that. So I will give you support for reversing this no hitter. I just gonna... got a text from my friend. It said Burger Elite question mark. No, <laughs> you can write back. No. <laughs> I just I just sent the gif of uh, Slim Charles rolling the window up. Oh yeah, there you go. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, because I like the kid. It's one of the greatest. It's one of the best stories in baseball in a while yeah. with all the injuries, all the injuries coming back, yeah. and the perseverance and everything. And that's great. And obviously the guy can hit. You know he, it's he's still batting under like what two thirty two forty, but he yeah. can hit and he's showing he's got pop. He, Apparently, I didn't see the home run, but apparently the cameraman made it look like it was on the Dan Ryan and people are making fun <laughs> yeah, of the Yeah, it but... was one of those no-doubters. And I yep. was like, oh, that's not a fly, that's not a fly ball. That, that's actually leaving the park. And then it's fine, but when you put him in the field, though, man, the unfortunately, those injuries do show. Like, yeah. his vertical movement is just not there. And it's really hard for – well, any position in Major League Baseball, especially when you're in the infield at the hot corner, to not be able to go to your left or right, that it just – I hope I'm wrong, man. I hope it works out for him. I don't know where he fits on this team. Like, it's weird that they called him up to be the DH, but obviously it worked. So, shout out to Tony for that one. I think they just had to pull somebody because Luis uh, got COVID right now. Right. Like, oh, no, that's – I would, but I was surprised because when I saw Jake Berger, I was like, "Oh, Joan banged up because where else do you yeah, play Jake exactly. Berger? Yeah, he's got to play third base or DH, and he hits three run homers against. You no, know, we got to get them Josh Harrison uh, minutes in. Right, right. Jesus. Ugh. Before, I was kind of. You know, how crazy is a quote unquote uh, World Series contender has three DFA candidates? Like as, with with Velasquez, Keiko, and Harrison. Like that's that's nuts. Yeah, they. I was listening to. Um, Fegan and a couple other White Sox podcasts. I did a shit ton of yard work a couple days ago, so I listened to them all. And uh, they were all saying, like, I think Fegan said it directly. He's like, I know why, if it was up to White Sox Twitter, they would DFA Keiko. But I'm telling you right now, he's pitching just good enough where it doesn't make sense to eat $12 million to make him go away. Well, I do agree. But something that Tony said today made me go, hmm. When he said that Lynn comes back, there will not be a six-man rotation, and they right. already demoted Velasquez to the bullpen. Yep. So maybe Dallas is the odd man out because Cueto been good. So you're not going to get – he's been he's – been, mm-hmm. I mean, of course he's not going to be like that for the whole season, but if Cueto can get me, you know, just even half of what he's given me so yeah. far, you take that over Mr. Launchpad – Nothing. The thing that makes White Sox fans mad about Keiko isn't even the production. It's the fact the arrogance that comes with yes. it. Like, yes. like, stop talking, dude. Like, I've never seen somebody be a bum and then get mad when his manager <laughs> takes him out at the fifth innings. Like, yeah. what, what are we doing? It and it's like, yeah, you were nice in 2017, but mm-hmm. you know how much shit has happened since 2017? A lot of things. <laughs> you mm-hmm. being good ain't one of them. <laughs> it's like you just need to. Take his World Series ring and just leave the team. Like, I mean, he's supposed to be our John Lester. That might fuck around and end up being Lance Lynn. Yeah. That, I, I mean, yeah. 
you can't even you can't even have a, a, a perfect a better contrast between Dallas Keuchel and, and Cueto too because Cueto is he's just a baseball dog. I don't, that dude will 100%. pitch fifty five if he could. Like yeah. he just loves. It doesn't matter if he wins or loses. He loves going out on the bump and just pitching. Like he, he's, he's a new Bartolo. Yeah, exactly. And he'll do that. And he has fun. He's quirky. He's not. Yeah. He doesn't take himself too serious. And you got Dallas Keuchel who'll go out there and he's. You know, he's, I mean, he's, he's like Cameron from fucking Ferris Bueller. You shove a lump of coal, <laughs> you got a diamond. Like he's just, yeah. he's dancing. He's in, he's, he's, he's just gripping too tight and he's, and he's an asshole, you know, when he's, he's blame shifter, you know, Quato's just, let's go. And he's a he cowboy. Just, he, just I mean, loves, he just loves the game, man. And he's yep. like, and he has playoff experience. Mm-hmm. Not that Kaiko don't, but Kaiko had one run. Like we've seen multiple wow. playoff just shut down from Johnny Cueto. And mm-hmm. that's the type of stuff that you need. Like he's on Instagram. He's already, he's already a team guy. He's been commenting on all the White Sox players, IG posts. Mm-hmm. Like that's the kind of guy you want. Not, not Dallas Keuchel who wants to blame everybody for his shortcomings. Man. He just yeah. needs a couple of extra innings, you know? Yep. Just yeah. get, get more work in. That's fine. Let <laughs> Dallas, uh, get, I told Zoe last week, I told him last week, he's like, Tony's going to do it one time. He's going to pitch into the six. He's going to get lit up. Be like fuck yep. you, that is what you get. All the fans like shit on him, shit on yep. him. <laughs> he's gonna cry about it. They're gonna leave him out for that one extra inning. He's gonna give up eight runs. He'll be he'll like, say, well, like, you know, I, the wind was, was blowing off a damn run, so yeah. I didn't really have the same. I, I wanted him to go know, like full yeah, heel. Be like, uh, oh man, I, I was done. I don't know why it came out that last inning. I should have been taken out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I told Tony I was I was I was out of gas, but he wanted one more from me. And I was I'm a team guy. I was just trying to give him a one more inning. Here is this week's interesting little fun stat. With that home run, Jake Berger is only the second White Sox player to ever hit a home run off of Rich Hill. The other being AJ Prince. Tadahito Aguchi. Oh, there you go. That's oh, right. Look at how that, from that game. You get the right Grand there. Slam in that game yeah. where the brawl happened. 520. Hill, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I feel like Rich Hill started on the mound the night I was born. He might have. <laughs> Rich Hill since 2006. Have. I think that was his rookie year. Freaking Gandalf, man. He's been around for like ages. It's, have it's you seen his, uh, his like headshot for this season? No, his dude. I feel bad. He looks like, like a dude that's seen some shit, man. His bags <laughs> under his eyes go like down to his lips, like it's, it's like droopy dog. Yeah, yeah he's seen some shit. That's um, great. But those I love those guys though. Him, you got you know. Remember, uh, was it uh Kenny Rogers would stick around yeah. for forever? Austin Mocker, and obviously Cueto is one of those guys. Obviously, uh, uh, Martolo, Martolo, who's the, who's the king of it, and Charlie, yeah. old man Charlie Huff, who looked like Freddy Krueger, Edwin Jackson. Edwin Jackson's Ooh, yeah. played for like every team in baseball. Edwin Jackson, yes. Edwin Jackson him. was a White Sox ten years ago, like <laughs> that long. Like I remember how long he's been. In Edwin the Jackson with one of the most ridiculous no hitters. I think it was when he was yes. raised. Was it like a hundred, like nine guys? Yeah, it was like hundred and forty some pitches, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. ridiculous, it's ridiculous yeah. man. Like you shouldn't be able to lift your arm up after throwing that damn much. He yeah. probably couldn't. When you go to his baseball reference page, it's wild because you know how they put the jerseys, like the little yeah. circle with the jersey. They just put Edwin Jackson is like literally like thirty logos. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane, dude. I think it's him, and I think I think this guy played for the Sox too. Another pitcher, uh, Octavio Dotel. I think he oh, has God, the record yeah. too for like the most pitch, like most uh, teams played with. Edwin yeah. Jackson is like Jeff Green in the NBA. Like Jeff Green is playing <laughs> for every goddamn team that you can yep. ever imagine. They always think he's gonna bring some presence that he ain't brought since he's been in the league. That veteran, 
the veteran yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. locker room guy. I hate locker, that. I hate that term, room locker room veteran. guy. Yeah, that just Good. means you don't Chemistry. play. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> means you're the goofball. It means you're the guy yeah. that fucks around and plays ping pong all day and yeah. like kicks everyone's ass at ping pong and. Or unless you're like Udonis Haslam, like he's the only locker room guy who like nobody gonna fuck with. Like Udonis Haslam is a guy who's been around since I was like in diapers or something. Like people that dude, he used to be a decent player. Like that's how long Udonis has been on the bench. I think I I remember him in that 06 run with the Heat. I I hated him when he when he used to match up with the Bulls, like the like the Ben Gordon, Kirk Heinrich years. Yeah. Oh, I hated Udonis Haslam. He's still in the league. How? Even the LeBron years was ten years ago. Like, (laughs) damn man, yeah. Crazy. Udonis Asim would give us the diet. So, all right. Well, Scott, remind everybody one more time where they can find all your stuff, man. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Barchair Scott. And I just want to uh, tell y'all, if you follow me on Instagram, I don't be posting shit. Like, on my Instagram story, it's literally just shit I promote and, like, shit that I find funny. So, it's like, you know, I, I have no interest in Instagram. So, I don't go nowhere. I work. And, and go to sleep. You know what I'm saying? So yep. if you're looking for like exciting living in LA posts, I'm not the one. You you should have followed me six years ago. But uh <laughs> follow Barbers Chat Network at Barbers Chat Net on Twitter. Uh if you want to hear our premium content, you subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com backslash barbers chat network. We got two different packages, five dollar package if you just want to hear uh the craziness that is the summer sessions podcast and we got the ten dollar barbershop all access where you get everything on there um and then my show my weekly show i'm not gonna hold you is on uh youtube.com backslash hmb media uh mm-hmm. tv um that shots my homies like hoops and brews you know it's like a collaboration between barber's chair network and their company i've been I've been friends with these dudes since like the late nineties. It was really just a family thing. Awesome. And um, I, we only got like five more episodes left. We're going to go through the NBA finals when the NBA finals is over. I'm taking a hiatus until the football season, but check that out. We recording a new episode tomorrow. Um, so you just check it out. And if you want to look for anything, Barber's Chair Network, just search Barber's Chair Network, the Barber's Chair Network on all streaming platforms. We on every one you possibly think of, man. So mm-hmm. and I appreciate y'all for having me on the show, man. I had fun. No, Scott, this was great. I seriously, in my head, I thought, all right, we'll keep Scott around. We'll try to keep 30, 45 minutes of time. It's an hour and 15 minutes later. Uh, but thank you so much for your time, Scott. Uh, we really appreciate it. And, yeah, man, hopefully we'll uh, be doing a playoff preview show or something. Hopefully so. I, yes, I would sir. like that. I would like that very much, man. But I appreciate y'all, man. Absolutely. Thank you, buddy. Yes, sir. All right. So that was Barbershop Scott. You guys, he's one of the, my favorite followers on Twitter. Guy's fucking hilarious on Twitter, and he speaks my language, which is the language of gifts. So (laughs) you're definitely you're gonna want to follow him for there. And don't think I forgot about you too, because I just I didn't realize we kept Scott for an hour and fifteen minutes. But I still do want to talk about the Cubs because the Cubs are well, they're winning. So I'll turn it over to you, Fitz. What do you what on what's going on in the Cubs world right now that is on your mind? Well, they lost tonight, uh, and there was a. It looks like in the Salacho, top, Jinx, Jinx. Yeah, no yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> no, there was a payback. Cubs were down four two in the top of the ninth, and uh, Patrick Wisdom, I think, with one out, got dosed, and David Ross got pissy, which is weird because it has to be about something else. Because I mean, well, no, what no- happened? What happened before was in the in the bottom of the eighth. Uh, Rowan Wick was on, and he apparently he threw like up and in, and Joey Votto got mad, ended up walking. Uh, they're staring at each other. Joey Votto got mad, and then Wisdom got hit in the uh, in the ninth. Yeah, I didn't see, see it, I, so I can't. Like, it was, 
I you're not going to do that. that. I don't think it was intentional, but no. But he's in there. I know Rossi's doing what you know. He's trying to play. It almost worked. He almost pumped up the Cubs enough. They almost came back. Nico Horner had drove in a run. We had guys on first and third with two outs, and then uh, uh, oh wait, Fitz, the first baseman just made an outstanding diving catch in right center. What your boy? I mean, it's almost like he's growing. Um, second like athlete and stuff. But here's David Ross's actual comments about it. So we'll we'll hear from David Ross real quick. If you guys uh, tell me if you guys can hear this, just nod your head. I think typically with you know what happened the inning before with you know Joey, you know walking towards Wick and you know him not doing a whole lot and then uh, them hitting wisdom and two umpires wanting to discuss whether they thought it was intentional or not. And nobody doing that. I just was but didn't understand why, and so I wanted to know like why are you guys not talking about that? That's been pretty commonplace, I think, when uh, there's a lot of jawing going on that the umpires get together and, and see if there's anything intentional and they usually air on the side of warnings you know this is a team that things get a little tighter late and um we get a chance to you know whether they issue warnings or, or even talk about it they don't you know it just the courtesy of like the respect of players to see if it's on purpose on my players which i don't know whether it was or not but them not getting together two guys wanting to get together and another guy not wanting them to get together was the frustrating part for me so that makes sense. He wanted, he wanted, it sounds like he wanted them to at least discuss it. And that's the thing that pisses you off about umpires. And I'll tell you that as a coach, when you just say, Hey, can I get, can you get a little help? Can you ask for help? A lot of times it's like, no. It's like, dude, what is the big deal? Just say, Hey buddy, you saw it too. Yeah. Even if, even if they say, Hey, yeah, you totally did. Even if they patronize you and they, you know, they're not going to say yes. At least can you give me the courtesy of discussing it and at least showing me that you were trying to make sure you got it right. Instead of just saying I'm right, no matter what, I, I no chance I missed anything. And I understand Rossi either. So it doesn't sound like he was really pissed about the dosing itself, but he was more upset that they weren't at least discussing and giving it the time to at least maybe discuss, maybe a warning for both teams to kind of keep things on, you know, keep the train. So that, that makes sense. And but it, no matter what it did, it, it pumped it. I mean, again, it pumped the Cubs up. They got a couple guys on board and almost, it almost kind of fell through, but yeah, it, they have been winning, but, but, and this is what, this is kind of what it leads to, I guess, too, is they've been playing the Reds. So, and yeah, that, that helps. Uh, the Diamondbacks aren't a great team. Diamondbacks are kind of who they we, we thought they were, which is a sub 500 team. And the Pirates, which the Pirates have actually fared decently against the Cubs, but that Pirates series was a good get right. So, they've had Pirates, Diamondbacks, and uh, Reds. Now, this weekend kicks off another brutal stretch. It goes White Sox, Brewers. You want to uh, see it, Fed? Hmm? You want to see your son? Uh oh. Let me see this. Add a baby. Oh, that's nice. That's very yeah, nice. But hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Look at this. He didn't need to do the happy feet, but he made the no. catch, so it's all good. I don't, you know, I don't a right like fielder he, makes that catch out. Right actually, I, I don't like how he, I don't actually like how he how he was on his right side instead of landing more square. But if he's wearing a cup, you obviously don't want to land square because that's gonna. I yeah, and I definitely agree. Although. Most right fielders. I'm telling you guys, it's up. fine. You can get away with it, but there's a reason why these guys are getting hurt. Mm. <laughs> so with the Cubs, anyway, so they got White Sox. Now, after this Reds get right series, it's a slump buster, even though they lost one of the slump busters today. So, oh, yeah, this uh, stretch is going to be fucking brutal again. Mark, Mark Grayson pull out on this one. So you've got the uh, um, White Sox. You got two against the Sox. You got three against the Brewers. You got one, two, three, four, five against the Cardinals uh, over the weekend. Um and, and then you've got, okay, a couple against the Orioles midweek. And you got two off days peppered in there, too. But then it goes Yankees, Padres for four, Braves. Then you got, you know, so it's it's through June 19th, the Cubs have zero quarter except for that 
Orioles series. So this is actually a longer, more brutal stretch than the one that put them, whatever it was, 10 or 11 games under 500 uh, in early, uh, late April, early May. So this, that's what I'm looking for now. That's, I guess that's if the Cubs are around after this one, midsummer, you know, they might not trade, but this is the, this is the stretch that will create the trade market buy or sell moment for the Cubs. I think, I think this stretch right here decides buy or sell. I mean, you know what it'll be obviously, but yeah, it's their last I chance. I think that, I mean, that's just, I think that's right. They're, they're not going to be adding guys that like, even if they're like 500 they're or below here, they're going to be selling their veteran guys. Um, because, and the bigger reason why is they, they have to get some, get some of their prospects up. You know, mm-hmm. Caleb Killian is a guy who he's not on the 40 man, but uh, the Cubs have two double headers in the next week. Uh, he might be called up to start both of those. Um, number one Cubs pitching prospect uh, from the Chris Bryant trade. He's been great. I think he had a, he had a tough start on, uh, was it Tuesday? He went like five innings, gave up four runs, I think. Uh, that was his worst start. But I think he has like a two, 2.06 around there, ERA, uh, at AAA this year. He's been great. Um, so he might get called up uh, next week. Um as far you know, the the, the Cubs are at the, they're just bump slayers. You know, they're, yep. when they're gonna they're gonna beat That's what the rebuilding teams do though. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're like the they're gonna beat the mediocre and bad teams, and they're gonna think they're gonna get their ass kicked against the uh, above averaging good teams. So uh-huh. that with that stretch, you know, when they were playing the Dodgers, I was actually surprised that they won that series in San Diego and you know pitched fairly well and hit fairly well in that series. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I. But again, like like I said last week, you got to take the the positives. Christopher Morrell, you know, eight games played, got his guy on base all eight times. Did, um, did, strike, out, did strike out tonight with uh, the winning run at first. Did strike out at the end. Well, but that's did. a yeah. moment. You like him in that spot because he gets to experience it, and he's going to grow from it. Now you yeah, get no, you kind of knock the dust off a little bit. I gotta tell you guys, it's been it's been great seeing an athletic guy play second base who can hit. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to win. Nick Mandrigal is uh, doing some rehab stuff. Uh, he's is, he, is he doing rehab starts right now? He's not He's not playing in games. He's just doing stuff, like you know, uh, working out. Um, what was his actual like, injury? Back strain, I think. Yeah, back strain, which is really – Yeah, it's never – Nico, Nico came back tonight, so in his first – Nico Horner back, came back. That's been fantastic. Yeah, yep. I saw your uh, horny for Horner tweet. Love it. Cream, I, I, I had to put that one off for a couple of years because he was injured and – just stay healthy, Nico, please. We'll have a guy. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, no, Nico Horner's back. He's fantastic. He's going to be back at shortstop. Great to see. Um, Simmons did the other night, though. He's hitting like doo 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 butter, but he's he, that, that play that, that Simmons made tonight mm-hmm. on that, that, that piss missile was, was impressive. Yeah, Andrew Till Simmons, if, if anybody needs a still like gold glove uh, caliber, don't shortstop, try to sell it. Don't try to sell no, it. No, not you guys. You guys, no, you're fine. You know, if somebody needs like a yeah defense replacement guy, can still that guy is man, he can still feel. Yeah, he's um, just, it's that's always fun to watch. What else is going on? I mean, Frank Schwindel, he's been hot, cool. He got he saw he got threatened with you know riding the buses around in cornfields in Iowa, and he's like, I don't want this anymore. He's been hitting ever since. It's Ian Happ actually owns the Reds. Ian owns Hap, yeah. him. He has the second best career. What was it? Best career OPS or was it? Or what was it? Uh, like a team? Uh, it's the Reds. Like, yeah, the second best in like history or whatever. It's He actually is their daddy. And he had Ian Ham owns team. the Reds. Uh, it's, I, I saw this, t- this. was So this was on what? So it's Wednesday night. Kyle Hendricks ultimately wasn't that bad. He gave up four runs, but they were like a lot of hard hit balls. 
uh, Kevin, I mean, you'll remember this from like, you know, from 19, 18 to 19 to 20 when we saw John Lester. And it's like, oh, man, this is kind of just who he is now. It's like he, yeah. you kind of hope for a couple. Like he, he'll still give you good starts. You know, he had that game. He almost had a complete game against the Padres, a, a great hitting team. Um, but, man, he he just – He's always had the stuff where he he needs to be with his control. Like he needs to pinpoint every pitch that he makes because mm-hmm. he doesn't throw hard, and guys can sit on pitches. And when he's missing his spots, and he's doing it more often now, more often that he's going to get hit hard. And that's kind of what he is now, which is you know a fourth or fifth starter who you know entering even last year was Grace, and even this year Grace, who's now just a four or a five on a regular team. So that's kind and of sad he, to see. He lost the trade value. He has some trade yeah. value. I don't yeah. think he has much trade value uh, even for the, for Cup fans that are sentimental. I guess you're going to get to have. You're probably going to get Kyle Hendricks through the you know the end of his career. Probably. Yeah. Well, that's so, the thing. Like he's only signed through like I think one or two more years. So like, but after that, it's like, well, he's going to be like 34 and uh, an average. Like right now, his his ceiling is just an average pitcher, which is yeah, like, yeah. He's what we're he talking does, about a guy who's. You know, we saw it go into his prime, and now out of it. Uh, what else is going on? Patrick Jordan Wicks. Oh, yeah, I was going to say Jordan Wicks at the farm, too, uh, over his, yes. the first-round pick from 2000 and this past year, 2021, who I was critical about. We were talking in our chat. I was talking about Jed swinging and missing a little bit on drafts and whatever we had this little talk about. But Jordan Wicks was hasn't been great at all at single A, at high, as it, I think high A. Um, but in his last 17 and two-thirds innings pitch, he threw four more today. He's got a one five three ERA with seventeen K. So he's starting to, I think, maybe figure. I mean, this is a guy that was supposed to be almost major league ready when they drafted him out of college as a twenty three year old, and he yeah. hasn't been doing it even down at the at the lower, you know, in the bushes. So this is a good sign. He's a guy that, again, once he's just there, um, he's he he projected as like a three four guy in a rotation as well, and he's a lefty, and he's you know kind of a nerd, and I love it. I love the, I love when you get nerdy guys like that. Like he's 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 a, he's a guy that probably plays D and D on the weekends. Or youth pastor. He looks like a youth pastor to me. Um, so, actually, a game of Moses. Oh, here it's we game. go. So I have a realistic, realistic trade option for you from the Cubs. Not Ian Happ. Left-handed bat. <laughs> left-handed bat can play the outfield. You're trying he's to get act- me on which one are you trying to get me? He's actually, it's not going to cost you anything because, again, the Sox don't have much to trade unless you're going to trade Oscar Colas for for Adam Fraser. Um, Maybe. He can actually hit right handed pitching. Rafael Ortega, take him. Take him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think we'll be doing that. Um, so, by the way, uh, I was curious, you might have seen this tweet, so Aldo, I'll ask you, what do you think the velocity on that Jake Berger, on the, not the exit velocity, but the actual pitch velocity was on that Jake Berger home run? Oh, I got it right in front of me. Uh, 107. No, 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 the pitch, no, no, the pitch no, the velocity. velocity. Oh, because it's from Rich Hill. Hill. Rich Hill. Mm-hmm. Like what do 71 you think? miles per hour. 67 mile an hour slider. Uh, I was going to say 69. Slowest pitch for a White Sox homer since your member Mercedes homered on a 47 mile an hour pitch from Ostadio last year on May 17th that started the entire yeah. shit. Uh, it, it came in at 67 miles an hour. It left at 110. I think I think the Cubs do play. I think the Cubs do play the Red Sox this year, and I guarantee you, if Rich Hill starts, he's going to throw like eight innings, one hit, 
10 strikeouts yeah. just fuck up the cubs <laughs> cuz that's was, the cubs the cubs notorious for soft soft tossing lefties every fucking time didn't Quintana carve the cubs didn't didn't he carve the cubs a couple weeks like last week i feel like Jose Quintana did it no but i'm saying no, no like soft uh, Jose Quintana at least can throw in the 90s like soft like Doug da- like Doug Davis when fucking Doug Davis uh, when Scott was on it, he was talking about the Cubs like in the playoffs in 07 and 08. Doug Davis shutting down the Cubs in the NLDS. Bummer. <laughs> Bummer. Uh, what else is going on with the Cubs? I don't know. Wilson Contreras? Wilson almost had a home run. That could have been fun. That could have been fun. That could have been fun. Marcus Cubs Cubs fans got into a gigantic uh, Battle Royale on Saturday, I think it was about. Oh uh, yeah, let's ask let's ask Zoe about this. This is actually out. was fun. Okay, so Zoe, here's okay. Obviously, in the bleachers, there's no assigned seats. It's just first come, first serve. So, nope. uh, you know, there are bleacher bums that are creatures of habit. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Apparently, some couple came from Iowa and sat in Bleacher Jeff's normal spot. Is that the guy that steals fly ball or home runs? No, that's my tie guy. My tie oh, guy. Okay. Uh, but they're friends. My Thai guy got involved in it as well as well of the people. Uh, I think he called somebody fat or something. Um, and so it became, yeah, this guy, he obviously posted like, what should, you know, the punishment. And then it's like, you get beer flowing. Like there was a lot of like, it got, it got really vitriolic. Um, So hold on, back up, back up. So this couple from Iowa. That has season tickets, by the way, in the bleach. Drove all the way to Chicago. Uh-huh. Got to these seats first because bleachers is first come first serve and uh-huh. just sat down. And this grown man is like, no, that's I got dibs on that seat. Yeah. And he thinks that they did it on purpose as like something vindictive towards him too. like, like I'm taking that guy's seat specifically. And it got like, yeah, it got, uh, it got cantankerous. It's uh, it, it was like, was the, that's was my classic drill from. tweet too. Cause it was like, put it in the newspapers and I am not mad. Cause like Pretty afterwards, sure. afterwards he's like, I wasn't mad about it, and it's like you just had like a five tweet threat, and like we, of course you were mad about it. <laughs> but wait, wait, and so they were. He was encouraging people to throw beer on these people because they sat in his bleacher seat. He didn't say throw beer at them. He said, you know, if beer happened to, or I think if beer happened to, like, so like I think that part. I think the part after. I think he was just trolling. He's like, he's just being funny. He was like joking around. But the initial yeah. tweet, he was legitimately like, was, "What the fuck? Why are people in my seats?" <laughs> it was kind of passive aggressive, like, and it was rain, and they so it was pouring balls, yeah. and they that couple sat in that seat in their parkas and didn't move because they did. They obviously they would assume like when the it resumed that someone would probably run down there and take the seats back or whatever. So like they literally sat there in the rain uh, for it too. So it was just, I, I was actually Saturday. I unplugged from the, from, from social media. So I actually came back to it like late Saturday night. I'm like, what in the hell happened here? It's like walking into a room and like, it's, it's like that, uh, that, that shot from uh parks or from a uh, community. What is it? Uh, community. community where he walks into where um, he walks into the rooms on fire. Yeah. The- Cause that, that's the timeline episode. Yeah. Yeah. I don't obviously know too much about, you know, the, the bleacher culture there. I know people get there early and you try to get good seats. And I know that my tie dude likes to steal balls from kids and say, like, if you really wanted the ball, you would get it. But like, he's, he seems like a superhuman being um, that, that just seems really just lame to me, dude. Like, Sit in a different seat, man. These people got there first. You want that seat? Get there earlier. I don't know. Honestly, like I, 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 
again, I get, I don't get to get to Wrigley as much as I would like to. And so obviously if I were to just go to the bleachers and I was talking, got there first and someone got mad that I was sitting in their seat, I'm like, well, excuse me, like, hold on here. My great, great grandpa sat here. So actually I got dibs, you know, they can like, right. they didn't actually have bleachers. Right there, I but. guess the fact that these people from Iowa are season ticket holders, like if they were just like some random fucking people that just showed up for a random Cubs game, like, and it was completely accidental. That's one thing. But the fact that these people come to like a lot of games and they probably know this dude because it seems like this guy likes to make himself known. I don't know if they did it vindictive. I don't know the whole story here. I don't know what it is. But like at the end of the day, it's a fucking bleacher seat at a Cubs game. Like just sit your ass down somewhere else. Watch mm-hmm. the game, dude. I don't know that my Thai guy either. Literally, the only reason I know that guy is because he stole a ball from a kid and said like tough shit to the kid. Yeah, no, that was literally the only thing I know from my Thai. I didn't know that it was a thing. Yeah, but I like I just remember uh, seeing that highlight whenever that happened. I, yeah, I don't ago. know the guy from Jesus Christ. He could be a great dude, but on that day, he was a super douche. <laughs> yeah, he's. I'll say this: he's actually not like I interact with him a ton on on Twitter. He's not. He's not. I mean, at least interact wise, he's not like a total. He's not. That's a why. That's why I wanted to make sure I said yeah. that because he's probably. I mean, he's, we've all done some stupid shit, you know, here or there, but like. That was really bad. I just no, I, I don't. Really I like. Him. I think it's fine. Bleacher Jeff's usually fine too. Like again, it was some. Uh, you know, uh, Danny Rockets too was a part of it. Like it just they got so cantankerous. They got vitriolic, and you know, people. You know, they're doing veiled comments about like you know people's weights that were just were. You know, it was just it got like and it was bad because the Cubs lost and everyone was pissy and it was rainy. I think and everyone was probably like half drunk. So it just turned into like this whole thing, and it did. It became like a and then this jackass from New York. Uh, he, he like jokingly, he's like a total like troll account where he uh, he says he writes for the Federalist Weather and Sports, which they don't have a weather and sports. It's the Federalist. It's like a total right wing newspaper. So he's like totally a fake like troll account. Started trolling everybody too, saying like he's writing a story about it. Like, and everyone got everyone just jumped right into the troll too. So it got again. It just was like just such a. It was one of those things where you're like, man. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just a game. First off, it was just a seat. It, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's it was a loss. Just come on, and so it was it <laughs> for a day. It was a thing, and you know, I think that everyone's kind of moved on now. But it was kind of funny. It was just one of those weird petty. Like it was like a you sat in my seat in the lunchroom kind of bullshit. And yeah, which is uh, oh boy, was, Aaron, Aaron Bummer's in. But hey, uh, Aaron Bummer had a scoreless inning yesterday, Tuesday. So Aaron Bummer's in. By the way, you guys want to do any Cubs socks bets for the weekend? By the way, what we, no. we talked about it a little bit uh, with Scott when he was on with, with the scheduling. I hate that the Cubs socks now, even though whatever it's, I get it, it's not a rivalry, but still, yeah, it's only like two and two. Who are Off the projected- day Friday for both teams? What bullshit is this? Who's the project- projected <laughs> pitching <laughs> matchups? The judicial system. I think I have no clue who's pitching for the Cubs. I think Cease is pitching Sunday. Hopefully he stops tipping his pitches. Oh, that's the one thing I wanted to bring up. So, like, uh, do you want to bring up how you mushed Dylan C's? No, he got shelled, and there's like three separate threads by three different Sox fans on Twitter about how he's tipping his pitches. And again, it's one of those things where if a fan at home can see it, you hope to God Ethan Katz can see it because even on his good pitches, it looked like the Red Sox were just sitting on it and. So against the Cubs, it looks like we have. Oh, oh yeah. you're you're so fucked, although. Yeah. Cyquedo on Saturday night, baby. Prime baseball. You got Cyquedo versus. Yeah, uh, Cubs are Miley. starting. Too. Oh, Miley's starting Saturday because right now the Cubs site has a uh, has that that guy named Tibbet. Tibbet. ESP, ESPN has Miley, but 
who knows? And then the Sunday game is supposed to be Cease and Smiley. So you guys got Miley and Smiley. Oh, yeah. And we got Cy Cueto and Cy Cease. You guys get a lefty on Sunday. Two lefties. Wade Miley's also. Yeah. Lefty. Oh yeah, Miley's a lefty too. You get double lefty. Hey, that's pretty. You know, hey. You know, the good like thing, the good thing about a Saturday's game is Wade Miley, like he's basically like a modern version, like in oh. terms of pace wise, of like Mark Burley. So like that yeah. game's gonna be over at least yeah. in two hours. Well, Cueto's slow. Well, I don't oh, know. Oh, might even out. <laughs> but just that a burger. little it was a bomb, my burger. Yeah, burger smoked that ball. Uh, just a little blip though into the next pitching matchup that I'm very excited about. Tuesday, May 31st, they start a three-game series in Toronto. You got Michael Kopech going against Gossman. Ooh, that is now, good. That's that's a matchup right there. And we're for the first time this season we get to see which Sox players aren't vaccinated. Great. Well, you don't, we don't have to worry. I don't have to wonder <laughs> if Braveman is dead or alive because he probably yeah. won't be on that trip. So. No, he probably will not be on that trip. <laughs> so we will see. But once again, thank you so much to Barbara Scott. Yes. Scott is a great dude, just good human being all around. But you could just tell by the way he describes everything he's got going on. The man is very passionate about his work. Um, I wasn't kidding when I asked him if he slept. Like I was generally like concerned because <laughs> the way he just rifled off like 50 things he's got his toes in. Um, so yeah, make sure you follow him. Um, again, any kind of go subscribe to the YouTube channel here. Uh, like, comment, share with your friends, buy the merch, anything you can do. It takes two seconds of your time. It doesn't cost anything except for the merch, but it helps us out tremendously. Uh, we appreciate all the support we've gotten so far, but uh, we could always use more. So for Aldo, Fids, Amzo, we will see you guys next week. Free build of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now Wrigley or Gantee So the whole league that we hear now New show with a new mood Discussions and interviews Trade rumors that might be This is Pinwheels and Knife Yeah This is what you waiting for, yeah You can put it on the boy, yeah Every season they get all changed Take me out to the bar game This is what you waiting for, yeah You can put it on the boy Season make it all change. Season make it all change. Take me out to the ball game.